0: This is the Ultra Running History Podcast. I'm your host, Davey Crockett. Thanks. Thanks for coming. Winter has arrived in Utah. Hey, try to clean off your running boots out on the porch.
1: Sorry, pal.
0: No problem. (laughs) This is the 15th part of the 100-mile history. In this episode, I will tell the story of Andy West, a young ultrarunner who gained tremendous fame during the mid-1970s, but he eventually lost it because of fraud and has been forgotten. (gasps) Yes, a sad story, but has some lessons that are important to consider. Since the dawn of the sport of ultra running more than a century ago a unique breed of ultra runner has existed which i will call the self promoter they were skilled in using their running talents to gain fame and fortune mostly by doing stunts rather than participating in competitions there is nothing inherently wrong with seeking to make a living in this way before world war ii most ultra runners were professionals who lived off winnings, wagers, and gate receipts from doing stunts. But sadly, many self-performers would make false claims, play on the sympathies of a gullible public, and some would resort to fraud and thievery. When telling the history of the sport, these stories of self-promoters must delicately be pointed out so that their achievements can be put in their proper place. In 1985, Gary Cantrell of Barclay fame warned the sport about this type of runner who would step forward to claim an undeserved spotlight for gain, disrespecting the entire sport. Self-promoting practices crept into 100-mile history and has a place in it, good or bad. Typically, once the runner received some fame, they performed self-promoting stunts to gain local and national attention, often in the guise of raising money for charity. Most of these ultra-distance runners had true talent, would become serious self-promoters, and then would shy away from true competition against the best in the sport. Instead of competing, they put on stunts that would impress others. Their goal was typically to get their names in the Guinness Book of World Records, which during the 1970s had low standards of verification. These runners often claimed their own created world records, sought after speaking engagements and inspired many with their stories, with a little or a lot of fiction sprinkled in. Not all self-promoters were frauds, but most of the frauds were self-promoters who claimed that they were the best ultra-runners in the world. Over the years, many self-promoting stunt artists gravitated towards accomplishing walks or runs across America, or even the entire world, in record times, or doing other such amazing accomplishments. In the early 1900s, an army of globetrotters were showing up in towns nearly every month in the Midwest United States, claiming to be on amazing journeys on foot, seeking lecture opportunities and free room and board. More than 90% of them were frauds. In recent years, some publicized runners claimed various world records while working with various charities. They accomplished many stunts and later were faced with discrepancies in their claims. It happened more than we probably know and continues today. Why cover this? Well, in 1975, a young, self-promoting, talented runner became part of 100 mile history. The fascinating story of Andy West is a cautionary tale to beware of the self-promoting charity-raising ultra runner. In the next episode, I will cover two other self-promoters who were truly great ultra runners and learned to successfully cash in their fames with a bit of over-the-top claims. In the mid-1970s, Andy West was a high school student from Glastonbury, Connecticut. He came from a large family of six children, but had a troubled family life because his father was in and out of jail for substance abuse and theft charges involving drugs. Young West learned at an early age that he could profit off of running. He said he began running at the age of nine.
1: We lived in the country and the local store was three miles away. I made a deal with my friends. I ran to the store to buy them candy, but 10% of the candy went to me. That was my payoff for doing the running.
0: West was a charismatic, popular young man in high school. He was instrumental in forming his school's cross-country team and became one of their top runners. He made a big impact on his school,
2: the cross-country coach said. The spirit of the school is very high. We had kids out for the team that never ran before.
0: As a sophomore, West finished his first 10 miler in an impressive 57 minutes. He had visions of running the Boston Marathon someday, but said, I'm
1: still under age at this point. In
0: 1975, at the age of 16, when he was a high school junior, He came up with the idea to run 100 miles to raise funds for Newington Children's Hospital where a friend's sister was being treated. On May 23, 1975 at noon, he started his run around a half-mile cross-country trail on the high school grounds. He rested for 10 to 20 minutes every two hours and after 50 miles stopped to have a support bandage put on his left knee and have his ankles wrapped. A crew of students supplied him with juice, salt tablets, yogurt, honey, and other protein-rich foods. Sometimes he ran alone, but often with teachers, fellow students, his mother, sister, and even his dog, Puddles. West finished his 100 miles in 23 hours, 31 minutes, running 200 laps. After he finished, he chatted briefly about his run while chewing on ice cubes and said his immediate plans for the rest of the day was to take a shower, a whirlpool bath, and then get some sleep. Wes loved the attention he received, spoke at city clubs, became his senior class president, and next started to focus on reaching even bigger miles in a 24-hour run. Wes naively believed he could break Ron Bentley's 1974 24-hour record Of 161
1: miles. Yeah, right.
0: See episode 65. He officially registered with the Guinness organization, proclaiming his attempt to compete for a world title. He planned to break the record with 90 minutes to spare and intended to reach 168 miles. He would again run to raise funds for the children's hospital. West started his attempt on May 21, 1976, on the same half-mile loop trail around his school.
2: Amid the cheers and applause of his classmates, West started on his first lap around the school campus at a few minutes after noon, under blue skies and breezy temperatures in the high 60s, which he called perfect weather for running.
0: But things went south quickly. Soon, black thunderclouds rolled in and let loose a severe downpour that forced 17-year-old Wes to take a half-hour break. He had planned to only stop 10 minutes every 10 miles. This time, he consumed high-protein fluids, sardines, and peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. As Wes continued, he experienced severe stomach cramps and tried to cure them by drinking diluted baking soda. He was not able to keep down much food and repeatedly threw up. In the end, he reached slightly more than 100 miles. His coach, John Whidden said,
2: He did well considering the circumstances.
0: Graduated from high school and voted the student who gave the greatest contribution to his school, Wes figured out that he might have a career in running rather than going to college. He was first employed as a computer programmer, but quit the job because he said it took too much time away from his running.
1: Anyway, I didn't like the job very much.
0: He told people that he was an Olympic hopeful for the 1980 Games and that he had run the Boston Marathon. He never did. Next in his plans, West wanted to run from Maine to Florida because he believed no one had ever accomplished it. It took him two years to pull the stunt together. He was sponsored by Travelers Company, who covered expenses with $20,000, and the JCs. Channel 9 salutes the JCs of
2: Central Florida.
0: The JCs made sure that in each town he would be provided free meals and a public appearance. He claimed to be raising $100,000 to fight muscular dystrophy. West's most famous run was billed as West Run South for those who can't. On June 27, 1978, West received a hero send-off from his hometown in Connecticut before heading to Maine, his starting point.
2: Tuesday's ceremonies under hot and humid skies also included a very professional rendition of a song especially written for West's run called Six Million Steps. looked tanned and trotted to the microphone for a few seconds. He said, People have been using
1: the word attempt today. I want to set the record straight. I will run from Maine to Florida. I've run 3,500 miles this year so far to get into shape.
0: (laughs) Yeah, right. That was an impossible average of 140 miles per week for almost six months. West planned to stop in 56 cities where he would help the JCs raise funds for charity. Advance men would travel ahead to line up promotions and handle the media. He left his hometown in a camper, destined for his starting point in Maine. At Caribou, Maine, a benefit pre-run spaghetti dinner was held and the mayor proclaimed the day as West Day and gave him the key to the city. Flags and banners were hung on the streets of the city in celebration all attention was on West.
2: West will wear size 11 shoes, no socks, and will eat lots of spaghetti, and he plans to cover about 40 to 45 miles a day from 4 a.m. to noon.
0: On July 1, 1978, at 12.30 p.m., West, age 19, started running to the cheering crowd of about 200 and band playing. He was dressed in a red jogging outfit adorned by several pins from the Caribou JCs. On day six, West arrived in Rockland, Maine. His manager claimed that West had run 52 miles that day in 10 hours. He was averaging about 40 miles per day. As he ran into Rockland, traffic was blocked off and 200 screaming fans lined the streets. At Boston, he was greeted by 600 fans. He had mentioned that he had run the Boston Marathon three times. When he wasn't found in the results, he changed his story and said he had run as an unregistered entrant.
1: I'm I'm sorry, what? West
0: was making a huge splash. When he arrived at Providence, Rhode Island, the mayor proclaimed it Andy West Day at the City Hall Ceremonies. Running through the New Jersey heat, reporters noticed an oxygen tank in his crew car. He explained that New Jersey's air was terrible because of the pollution.
1: Everyone's exhaust fumes are just sticking around. Carbon monoxide burns the insides of the lungs. If you can't get oxygen in your blood, you're in trouble. If it gets tough, I just think of who I am running for.
0: He was also questioned about many beer bottles seen in his camper. West explained that he drank a six-pack of beer a day for carbohydrates. Each evening, a spaghetti dinner was arranged inviting the public to eat with him, but charging $3 a plate.
1: Spaghetti!
0: In the very hot and humid south, all of a sudden, West's daily average miles significantly increased, about half of his miles were run in the cloak of darkness during the early morning when no one was around they had a schedule to keep
1: at Deland, florida he said i'm sore i shouldn't admit it i don't like to admit it but i'm sore all over but don't have time to rest he
0: said he was suffering from tonsillitis and an ear infection and had been given shots was still doing a daily run of up to 66 miles about life on the road he said
1: People react from one extreme to another. Some scream obscenities. Get off the road. Other people are great, and they throw me beers. Some of the time, I have company, joggers, and bicycle riders for brief stints.
0: Things were not always rosy. While running in the South, a disagreement arose between West and the JCs over the extreme number of long distance telephone calls made by his entourage and over the cost of replacing stereos and clothing damaged during the trip. West continued on at an improbable, furious pace of 60 miles per day with plenty of energy after his daily runs for public appearances. He was given the key to the
2: city by the mayor of Fort Pierce, Florida, who said, They say you should give more of yourself. I don't know how much more he can give.
0: West arrived at Marathon Florida on September 2nd, right on schedule.
2: In the last few miles of the run, passing motorists also handed over money. $1, $5, and $10 bills hung from the elastic on his shorts. I'm really rich.
0: He claimed a total run of about 2,400 miles in 64 days.
2: Leading the 2,000 cheering greeters at the finish line Saturday was a youngster who can't run a step, the muscular dystrophy poster child, who handed West a bouquet of roses from a wheelchair.
0: Nearly every newspaper across the country carried the story about his finish, and West claimed that he had raised between 80 dollars and $100,000 for muscular dystrophy. It all sounded so very good. However, analyzing his pace using reports and newspapers shows that just like many of the journey runners from the past, he started out fine, probably realized it was impossible for him to stay on schedule, and then took rides covering increasingly longer distances in the south, including a 79-mile day in Georgia. Did he take rest days along the way? Only one day of rest was mentioned in the news. He also claimed that he drank 400 gallons of beer along the way. West returned home to Connecticut and received a hero's welcome. He was now a celebrity, received national attention, and immediately flew out to Las Vegas for the Jerry Lewis Muscular Dystrophy Telethon. All the attention went to the young man's head. Yes, sadly, West turned into a self-promoting fraud. He did speaking engagements, raised money for charities, and claimed he had many college-track scholarship offers. He claimed to be an Olympic hopeful. Obviously, this was false, because he was not running in any legitimate races and likely would not be considered an amateur anymore. West tried to present a persona that he did not like
1: the spotlight on himself. I run for kids. I won't make a run unless I'm sponsored for charity. The records alone don't mean anything to me.
0: He soon falsely boasted that earlier in 1977, he had run a world record 167 miles in 24 hours. No, he wasn't Giannis Curis. Just two weeks after his supposedly grueling run in Florida, he staged a 24-hour run around a track at Caribou, Maine for charity. He claimed that he covered an impossible 164 miles. West continued to ride his fame. He was the celebrity starter for many races in the Connecticut area. In November 1978, he appeared on CBS's TV show, PM Magazine, who promoted him as, quote, a runner who has a good chance of making it to the Olympics. During the early part of 1979, he visited an estimated 75 high schools giving talks and slideshows. In July 1979, at the age of 21, West tried to run for 24 hours on a treadmill at a mall at Hartford, Connecticut, with an 8-degree incline, receiving kisses along the way from teenage girls. He continued, maybe, without witnesses during the night, and the next day stopped after 23 hours claiming 132 miles. He said he stopped only because his manager and medical personnel urged him to quit. He was taken to a hospital, but they could not find anything wrong with him, and he was released. Just one week later, West was highlighted at a baseball game in Bristol, Connecticut. He ran into the stadium with thunderous applause, claiming that he had just finished a 157-mile run in 24 hours from Fenway Park in Boston on a charity run.
2: After touching third base and home plate, he was taken to the local hospital suffering from a slight case of dehydration. Later returned to the ballpark to sign autographs.
0: Next, West wanted to circumnavigate the country on foot in a four-year project he called West Runs America. He said he would use it to train for the Olympics. But the expensive, bizarre idea didn't attract sponsor interest. He was told it had already been done, so he scaled it back to a transcontinental run from Florida to Los Angeles. (laughs) He devised a scheme to first raise an extravagant $35,000 in donations to support himself on his run. Then, during the run, he would start raising a planned quarter million dollars for cystic fibrosis. The gullible public believed him. In 1980, West pulled together a 72-hour charity run around the Hartford Civic Center to line his pockets for his Florida to California runs, still in the name of the Cystic Fibrosis Foundation. He was bothered by the low turnout.
1: They don't have to remember me, but for the reason why I'm here.
0: The heat was oppressive in the mid-90s. Those who passed by would leave donations at a table in front of a camper where he rested. A bank gave him $7,200. He claimed falsely that he reached 250 miles during the run, but did pocket several thousand dollars. West continued to visit high schools, doing presentations, but he wasn't just there to speak. He was there to raise money for his planned run.
1: I am the greatest!
0: During his visits, he would try to convince the schools to sponsor one day of his planned run. The newspaper reported,
2: Attired in denim overalls and white running shoes, West paced the high school stage answering questions about his fundraising efforts. During his visits,
0: he would also put on fundraising dances at the schools acting as the disc jockey, charging $3 per person, going into his personal charity in the name of Cystic Fibrosis. Students that raised at least $5 for him could enter the dance for free. He also promised free running clothes for those who raised the largest amounts of money for him. At one school, a total of $1,300 was raised for West. He replicated this scheme at many other schools claiming to be a representative of Cystic Fibrosis Foundation, West convinced students from the middle schools and high schools in East Granby, Connecticut to go door-to-door to to solicit donations for his run. Eventually, people started catching on to West's scam. In 1981, the Cystic Fibrosis Foundation in Connecticut accused West of raising up to $14,000 from high school students in the foundation's name. They said that they had never given him permission to do so. West accused the foundation of trying to ruin his reputation and threatened to sue them.
1: Their claim is entirely false. I am, in the long run, raising money for the Cystic Fibrosis Foundation.
0: West had endorsed checks made out to the foundation and put them in his personal non-profit, Connecticut for Kids, account to fund his Florida to California run. The foundation's director reported that they had never received any money from west's fundraising efforts he reported that previously west had tried to sign the foundation up for his run but he was told they would not unless he adhered to the foundation's financial and accounting controls he also had been told several months earlier that he needed a state permit to become a professional solicitor west never obtained a permit The Cystic Fibrosis Foundation took their case to the State Department of Consumer Protection. West said his bank account would not be opened unless his lawyer approved. He said,
1: Maybe it's legal, and maybe it's not.
0: He stopped raising money once the foundation sent letters to all Connecticut high schools. Schools canceled many assemblies that West was scheduled to speak at.
1: I was angry at first, then bitter. Kids had looked up to me. And all of a sudden, I was a crook. I kind of shut off everyone around me. I had trouble understanding.
2: It was reported. The rise and fall of Andy West started as a dream come true that was then shattered in the slick world of big-time fundraising. Many people who know West believe he was seduced by his fame. His cross-country coach from high school came forward and said, he might have been a good ultra runner if he would have trained seriously. He wasn't disciplined to train. He did too many other things. He found out that he could get fame from running. He needed publicity. He was crying out for attention. He was smart enough to know he could do something good and gain attention. What's mother
0: noticed the change in him, and had never been in favor of his run to Florida. She said,
1: When the TV picked him up, it was a little different. He got a celebrated name and thought more of himself than necessary.
0: More than two years later, the state of Connecticut decided to not pursue charges against West because they did not have enough solid proof. West declared that his name had finally been cleared and demanded an apology from the Cystic Fibrosis Foundation. They did not issue one. What happened to West? In 1989, it seemed that West had turned over a new leaf. He said he was not running anymore because of arthritis. On his own, he started repairing and painting park benches and picnic tables across the Hartford area for nothing. Others joined in. He organized a nonprofit, Urban Initiatives Incorporated, to raise money. But West started doing things without city permission, like planting trees wherever he wanted, including digging up holes in a city park. He said, Permission takes too long. He created a public stink with the city over the tree controversy when they pulled the trees out. For years, he was a thorn in the side of the city, coming up with urban improvement schemes that never worked out or were never accepted. One scheme raised $350,000 and fizzled. He was sued over misappropriating funds. A newspaper columnist called him an attractive streetwide hustler. In August 1992, West, age 34, went back to his old ways and staged a 24-hour run around Hartford Civic Center to raise one million dollars for his own Kids First charity.
1: This is my last run. It's a part of my life I'm going to complete.
0: He used a national 900 telephone number to collect seven dollars for every call. West soon changed his run into a continuous run of many days until the $1 million was raised. He began on August 8, 1992. After 19 days, he quit and claimed he had run 1,100 miles. As usual, he said his medical staff advised him to quit. He was very disappointed that only $16,400 had been pledged.
1: I find it hard to reconcile that the Northern Spotted Owl has $26 million, but we can't raise $1 million for Connecticut's children.
0: To the delight of most of the people in Hartford, Connecticut, West finally moved away in 1993 once it was clear that the public considered him to be a self-promoting fraud, with schemes that constantly fizzled all in the name of charity. West found his way to Texas and continued his fraudulent business practices. He first lost $1 million in a casino scheme. In 2000, he was successfully sued for $100,000 for a breach of contract and fraud. From 1999 to 2009, he lost at least six other lawsuits against him. In 2007, he got into big trouble with the Texas Security Board when he was selling bridge loans and promissory notes without being registered with the state, and for intentionally failing to disclose his past fraudulent activities. Yes, that was a very sad story of a gifted, charismatic young ultra-runner who sought for the easy life of fame on the backs of others using charitable causes to justify his schemes. Beware the self-promoting ultra-runner who claims world records and performs stunts to raise money for their own charities. Stay tuned. The next episode will not end on such a sour note. Two other self-promoting 100-mile runners will be covered who inspired generations. With that, this is Davey Crockett, and this is the Ultra Running History Podcast. I hope you run fast and far, enjoy life, get outdoors, and most of all, stay safe and don't take unnecessary chances.